0: Welcome to UNews, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, October 25th. I'm Carolina Rosario. These are today's headlines. Firefighters in California dealing with nearly half a dozen major blazes that power outages persist. More than 18 million in Southern California under red flags warnings. The White House and its Republican allies bracing for more testimony as a number of high-level officials are expected to testify about President Trump's actions in regard to Ukraine. Advisors worried about that testimony's impact on the impeachment inquiry. And the president saying ISIS has been defeated in Syria, but the Pentagon suggesting otherwise. U.S. equipment and personnel now on their way back to eastern Syria to protect key oil fields. The details and more today on U News. Transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. So we begin with the presidency in peril. The administration is working on a messaging strategy to streamline the response to the impeachment inquiry. This as Trump's allies lay out a plan condemning the process. Reports now saying many are worried about the upcoming testimony of a top White House official that could complicate the president's defense even more. Lorraine Casas explains.
1: A pivotal moment in the impeachment inquiry expected next week when the first White House official testifies before congressional investigators. Tim Morrison, a top Russia and Europe advisor on President Trump's National Security Council, who listened in on the president's July 25th phone call with Ukraine's leader, is scheduled to appear. Sources say he's expected to corroborate key elements of Bill Taylor's testimony Tuesday.
0: Bill Taylor's testimony was devastating the president and Bill Taylor essentially laid out a quid pro quo between the Trump administration and the president with the Ukrainian leader.
1: Republicans are worried Morrison could say something that will further advance Democrats' efforts of impeachment, hoping he will lack first-hand knowledge of the president's actions. Meanwhile, the New York Times says John Bolton, the former national security advisor, might also be deposed, his lawyers said to be negotiating with congressional investigators. Fiona Hill, Trump's former Russia advisor, testified that Bolton had expressed concerns over the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. This as President Trump sends a message to his allies.
2: The Republicans have to get tougher and fight.
1: Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell jumping to action.
2: I think if we were doing this, you'd be beating the s***.
1: Introducing a resolution condemning the Democrats impeachment process.
2: I'm not here to tell you that Donald Trump's done nothing wrong. I'm not here to tell you uh, anything other than that the way they're going about it is really dangerous for the country.
1: The purpose is to urge the House to have a vote on the inquiry so House Republicans can participate in the proceedings.
2: Created a process in the Intel uh, Committee that's behind closed doors, doesn't provide uh, access uh, to the president's accuser, shuts Republicans out.
1: Various sources say the administration frustrated with the messaging surrounding the inquiry is considering adding Tony Seg, the former Treasury Department spokesman, to the impeachment team. His main duty will be to streamline the strategy for the president's defense. It's not clear yet what day exactly Tim Morrison will testify. His lawyers saying they are still working on deciding the details of what exactly he is going to say. Phil Reeker, the acting assistant secretary of state for Europe, is scheduled to provide testimony to House investigators on
0: Saturday. Carolina, back to you. Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. Now to California, where more than a dozen fires are now burning across the state. In Northern California, the Kinkit Fire has burned more than 16,000 acres in Sonoma County, destroying structures and forcing evacuations. More than 1,300 firefighters are hard at work trying to contain the blaze and prevent more destruction. Carolina Sarasa has the latest.
3: New details on the possible origin of the Kincaid fire, potentially sparking near a PGE transmission tower that broke minutes later. The fire has already destroyed dozens of structures and tens of thousands of acres, at least 2,000 people forced to evacuate. Look at the smoke smothering the mountains for miles. Emergency crews battling the fire in the sky. Whoa. And here on the ground, This time-lapse video shows the moment the power goes out, then shortly after, a larger glow, likely the fire that then quickly spreads. Also, possible
2: power lines down in the area.
3: PG&E says they turned power off to nearly 30,000 customers in Sonoma County. However, the report states transmission lines in these areas remain energized, citing, quote, forecast weather conditions, particularly wind speeds. The CEO of PG&E speaking out in a press conference.
2: At around 9.20 last night, we became aware of a transmission-level outage in the area of the fire. This morning, CAL FIRE personnel on the site brought to his attention and then our attention what appears to be a broken jumper on one of our transmission towers.
3: And this morning, first responders are hoping to keep the fire contained as much as they can before more powerful winds arrive this weekend. The
4: fuels are dry, the humidities are down, winds are up, so it's... um, fire's best friend. So we're just trying to keep it over there and hope it stays that way.
3: It's hard to tell with the unpredictable winds. Carolina Sarasa, U news
0: Now let's go to Salvador Duran. He's in Santa Clarita with the latest of the tick fire which is spreading in Los Angeles County. It has already burned 4,000 acres and more than 10,000 structures are at risk. Salvador, hi. What are you seeing right now?
2: Well, right now, this has been a fast-moving fire. We're in Santa Clarita, California, still part of L.A. County. We're going to go to live images right now of firefighters battling a fire. Look at this house. It's been burning since about 4 o'clock local time in Los Angeles, but because of the high winds that are gusting at about 60 miles per hour, they have not been to put it out entirely. In this particular area, we've had thousands of people evacuated from Santa Clarita, away from the fire. Many people have decided to stay. But as you can see, how dangerous here is, these firefighters have literally been here all night trying to uh, put out the flames and preventing them from burning more homes. Now, earlier today, we did speak to one of the residents that was evacuated. He decided to stay and uh, I want you to hear what he had to say because he said he wanted to stay in his home to protect it because firefighters, even though there is about 400 of them battling the flames, there are just simply not enough resources to try to put out the fire. Let's listen in.
4: When you live up here, you get used to it after a while. I've been up here like 50 years mm-hmm. now, so. You've survived through other fires then? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know how to get prepared. I mm-hmm. believe that these three homes would have done a little better mm-hmm. if they would have gotten up and cleaned some of the brush mm-hmm. on this hill here. Because mm-hmm. that's when the fire was spotted up in the back of Tick mm-hmm. Canyon, it's a very hot canyon. Okay. I seen the strike force go up there immediately. They were on it immediately. And uh, the whole canyon turned um, total black.
2: Now, that gentleman just lives down the street from this house. And when we were there, we saw at least three homes completely destroyed. Now, in these images that you're looking at live, you can see firefighters still trying to. Put out the flames. They said they don't know how long it's going to take them to put it out, because as soon as the winds pick up, then you have a brand new fi- brand new fire erupting, and they're really just uh, trying to do their best to put out the fire. Now we do have some numbers for you. The fire department just uh, finished. They just wrapped up a uh, press conference where they gave us the latest numbers. They told us that 4,300 acres have burned in this fire. 15,000 homes are still threatened. 40,000-plus people are have been ordered evacuated from the area, and there's at least 600 firefighters working in this entire northern part of the L.A. County to try to put out the flames. Now, some schools also in the uh, L.A. area have been closed because of the... Um, Uh, Smoke is just, uh, you know, it's just not safe for students to go back. And plus, we also have to deal with some of the blackouts that are also programmed throughout the day to try to prevent, um, you know, the uh, fallen um, um, electricity poles from sparkling new fires. Now, this is the uh, information live from Santa Clarita. I'm Salvador Duran. Back to you in the studio.
0: Uh, Salvador, I, w- I want to ask you two questions. Uh, first, you were mentioning some numbers about people being evacuated. We have some numbers here ourselves, like 50,000 people under evacuation orders just in Los Angeles. Uh, I think there's no enough shelters. What are those families doing and what tactics are being implemented to help control the fires? I'm sorry, exactly I what missed tactics? the
2: last part of your question, but I believe you were referring to fire to to the evacuation orders. A lot of them are mandatory, however, we've seen even in this area, some of the neighbors that that live just next door, they're still here. They don't want to leave their home. They want to stay here because they're saying they're trying to help the firefighters putting it out, just using their hoses. But firefighters say that that's just simply not safe to do. Back to you.
0: Thank you, Salvador, for that report, and we wish the best for our people in California. It's a difficult situation. And as the Trump administration continues cracking down on both legal and illegal immigration, those already living in the United States are pushing to transition from legal residents into full citizens before next year's election. Fabiola Galindo has the story.
4: They go in as permanent residents and leave as American citizens in ceremonies like this one in the country. More than 700,000 immigrants take the oath of allegiance each year—a number that is quickly reaching record heights. We've seen an increase, um, absolutely, um, of people not just for security.
1: You know, they want—they know that once they become citizens, they are protected. Um, but because they
4: wanna—they wanna vote. Absolutely, they wanna vote in 2020. Immigrant activists like her say that more eligible immigrants are soliciting naturalization as a way to reject the election of President Trump. We'll the amount of legal clinics provided for future citizens had to be doubled, she adds, mainly because citizen applications went up the two years before the 2016 election, something very common. What's extraordinary is that the number kept on growing. On 2017, right after Trump's election, more than 800,000 applications were submitted in 2018, the biggest increment in a midterm election year in the past two decades. The majority of the new citizens, according to polls, are mostly liberal, which helps historically Republican states to lean into a Democrat side this changes the political landscape threatening the victory path that President Trump needs to get re-elected I invite everyone who has the right to become a citizen to do so immediately and then go vote he says Jaime Sierra is from Colombia and he became an American citizen two years ago and is anxious for the 2020 elections queremos un cambio we want change, we don't want racism, so much persecution. That's what we are going through now, he adds. The question remains if enough people think like him and if the backlogs in federal courts that are delaying the citizenship process of thousands will allow them to vote next year. In New York, Fabiola Galindo,
0: U News. Now to the Big Apple, New York City taking new measures after more than two dozen bicyclists have been killed on the road so far this year. Under the new safety program, more bike lanes will be added and intersections will be redesigned. But as Blanca Rosavilches tells us, the reaction to the new plan is mixed.
5: Like many things that occurred in New York, cyclists also generate a wide range of feelings in this city. I love to bike, and it's a healthy tool, better than driving a car. But for some New Yorkers, bicycles generate more traffic and inconvenience in already congested city. With a lot of problem with the public system, New Yorkers are using these bikes every day more than before. For example, these bikes used to be only 120,000 a couple of years ago. Now, there are more than half a million. Videos like this show the high number of cyclists getting into high-speed accidents and the cars that run them over. So far this year, 27 cyclists have been killed in New York City.
4: It is unacceptable that by this time we already got 25 cyclists being killed. Most of the in intersections, when we've been calling for years that we need to continue investing more to make the streets by special intersections safer for pedestrians and cyclists.
5: Amanda's friend was killed while riding his bike. When a car sped through in a 25 mile per hour zone, going 60
1: miles an hour, blew through the light, it was a solid red light, he wasn't trying to make it, and hit another car and that car struck and killed Jose, who is my mother's partner.
5: That's why this city council member proposed measures to the municipal council to protect cyclists.
4: Everyone has to do their part with climate change and we need to take more trucks and vehicles out of the street because of the level of contamination that they create to our environment.
5: In a city of 8 million people, only 1 million people have cars. The other 7 million are pedestrians or cyclists. The Municipal Council will vote on the measures in the next weeks. In New York, Blanca Rosa Vilches, U News. More of U News after this short break.
0: Welcome back to U News. And now for stories making headlines around the world. Desperate to figure out a working Brexit deal, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is seeking a new general election on December 12th, and in return for backing his plan, he will offer Parliament more time to debate and scrutinize his plan to leave the European Union. He urged Labour to back an election in a vote he plans to hold next week. The European Union, meanwhile, is expected to give its verdict on sending the Brexit today. And British police arrested two more people in connection with the deaths of 39 people found in the back of a container truck in southeastern England. A man and a woman, both 38, have been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter and conspira- conspiracy to traffic people. The 25-year-old driver of the truck remains in custody on suspicion of murder. sex police says the victims were believed to be from China. And closer to home, in Honduras, protests calling for the resignation of President Juan Orlando Hernandez turned violent as police used tear gas to disperse hundreds of demonstrators in the capital Tegucigalpa on Thursday. The unrest follows the conviction of Hernandez's younger brother on drug trafficking charges in New York after a trial in which witnesses implicated President Hernandez himself. And the U.S. government is pointing fingers after the Mexican government released the son of convicted drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzmán during an armed rescue attempt by the Sinaloa cartel. They want to know more about how Mexico is planning to combat the continued onslaught of violence. But as Nidia Cavazos explains, Mexico believes that the U.S. is largely to blame for the rise in killings. A
6: week after the release of Ovidio Guzmán, the son of El Chapo Guzmán, in the city of Culiacán, the United States has already publicly criticized Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador's strategy to fight organized crime. Richard Glenn, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State in the Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement Affairs, said during a U.S. hearing that he doesn't know the Mexican president's strategy on this issue and that it was essential that the president share it. and the Mexican president responded.
1: No, Funcionarios de otros países opinar sobre asuntos internos.
6: officials from other countries should not give opinions on internal matters that only belong to our government it is of bad taste to do so lopez obrador even asked his communications team to show the video of the speech donald trump gave at the u.n general assembly last september where Trump said he respected Mexico. Imagine if I declare that the strategy that the United States follows is wrong, allowing the out-of-control sale of weapons that are introduced in Mexico causing the death of civilians. The weapons have become the rationale for Mexican officials to explain their latest security failures. The siege on the state of Sinaloa's capital Culiacán was done with browning 50-caliber machine guns and Barrett rifles with scopes that can shoot down a helicopter. In Mexico, how many people have been killed with American weapons? Thousands of people. In Río Bravo, Tamaulipas, 18 large caliber weapons were confiscated, including a Browning machine gun. And in the Guerrero Highlands, there was another confrontation with AK-47 and AR-15 machine guns. Several bodies were found in the middle of the road. Nine men lost their lives in a place known as La Cribadora. Reported by Jessica Cermeño, Nigue Cavazos, U News.
0: Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.